I just think everything needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you, no, nobody should feel ashamed about the things that they're experiencing, the emotions, the changes that they're experiencing. It shouldn't be shameful. It's, it's all in the process. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to talk about anything and everything, including sex. Because <laughs> okay. sex is a part of life, people. <laughs> you tell them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just found our intro. hello 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 everyone um you're listening to the table a podcast by millennial christians so uh last month i explained that this podcast is a space for us to sort of talk about the things that matter the most to us and the things that matter the most to everyone around us. So we use the space to talk about those things and then to talk about how they relate directly to our faith as Christians. And um, like I said, and I love saying, this space has been great for me because it's just helped me to see how involved my faith in Jesus is in every aspect of my life. And it's just really fun to see how other people make those sort of connections in their lives. So we're still in a pandemic, (laughs) at least while we're recording these episodes. Um, So just because we're social distancing, we can't quite be in the same spaces. So what we've been doing is talking one-on-one with a handful of different people about things that matter most to us. So last month we talked with Camilla about sustainability. And in a couple months, you'll hear from um, a friend of mine on suffering, about losing loved ones, hearing from God, just a whole bunch of different stuff. But today, we are with Lindsay Marie McAvee. I actually just learned this morning that you kept your middle name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Am I even saying your last name right? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but not many people do. Um, I grew up saying McAvee. It, yeah, I was that's hearing it. everyone say McAvee, so then yeah, I switched over. It's McAvee. Um, <laughs> it's I can understand. It's spelled technically. It's spelled McAvee. It's spelled M C A V E Y. So it's spelled McAvee, but it's McAvee. I prefer McAvee. Not that I like the way McAvee sounds. Yeah. <laughs> we are here with yes, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Um, you guys don't know this, but this is actually our second time recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Lindsay, for your patience. And I mean, I was going to be like, thanks for getting up early, but I guess you already do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I should be thanking you for getting up early. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Lindsay is someone I've known for a long, long, long time. Like basically oh. my entire life now. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. And tomorrow she will be twenty-seven. Six. Six. Twenty-six. <laughs> We're learning a lot today. <laughs> my fault. I I had a chance to get that right as we already discussed this, but I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Technically, quarantine birthdays don't count, so I'm 25 again. I'll be 26 next year. Well, yeah, it's little be 26. Yay! Happy birthday! Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but um, Lindsay is a breast cancer survivor, so that's actually what we're here to talk about. But we'll see the different places it goes. <laughs> so yes, Lindsay, you're a breast cancer survivor. I just want to clap over and over again when I hear that. But. <laughs> How long have you been in remission now? 
So um, I've been in remission since December 1st, 2017. So about two and a half years. Yes. Yeah. It feels like an eternity ago. <laughs> so when you were first diagnosed, what was that like? And how old were you? So I had, I was diagnosed on June 29th, 2017, um, which was a little over a month after my 23rd birthday. And I remember when they told me, they never ended up saying, you have breast cancer. The surgeon, how she told me, she looked at me and said, I have very shocking and unfortunate news. My mom started crying. All I could say was, are you joking? Because three doctors had previously told me it was a fibroadenoma, which is very normal in girls my age who are either getting their period on birth control um, or they get them, you can get them when you're going through puberty, which at that time I was going through <laughs> none of those things. <laughs> so, but they told me it was normal and they only wanted to remove it due to its size. Um, when I found it, it was 3.3 centimeters. And then when we, when they removed it 10 days later, it was 5.5 centimeters. So I think that's the size of a golf ball, but I'm not sure. I think. I, I don't know. My I don't know. Somebody can fact check it out there. <laughs> Were you scared when you found it the first time? Yes, I was terrified. Because um, so I found it not. Okay. Every woman of all ages, 18 or older, do self breast exams once a month. It's called feel it on the first. Check your boobies. <laughs> <laughs> men too men can get breast cancer too obviously it's not as high but um check yourself because i found this myself not even from a self breast exam um i was i went to the beach that day and i was putting lotion on and because it was sitting so high i could feel it when i just like grazed over it um and i was like that's not supposed to be there <laughs> i've never felt that before so i told my mom I'm like slightly panicking. She is like, okay, let me just go talk to your dad really quick. And um, she goes downstairs, downstairs, talks to my dad, comes back up. She's like, so I'm going to take you to the emergency room. And as soon as she said that, oh, no. I like went into full. That was the first time in my life I've ever had a panic attack. I like couldn't breathe. Like I felt like my chest was collapsing. And um, I'm like, panicking crying she's like it's okay she's like I just want to make sure it's not like a clot or anything and like so we went to the emergency room they did an ultrasound and that's when the first doctor told me it was a fibroadenoma so the second ultrasound text said the same thing and she was the one that was like oh women who are getting their period on birth control are going through puberty get it and I was like and none of those things and she's like oh well I mean it's still normal I'm like <laughs> It, at that moment, I should have known something was up, but I was just like, okay. And then the my surgeon told me it was a fibroadenoma, and she was like, I only want to remove it because of its size. So if I never removed it, it would it would have spread because of the type of cancer it was. It was an aggressive oh. form. Um, I was stage two. My breast cancer is triple negative, so that means that it's not like hormonally induced. So if I get pregnant, like my risk of reoccurrence isn't as high as somebody who's like positive, triple positive or her two, all, so many other ones. But <laughs> um, that's another thing I learned. There's all different kinds of breast cancer. But um, and I don't have a genetic mutation. 
So to this day, we still don't know how I got it. But I was definitely scared when I first found it. And then after three doctors told me it was nothing, I was like, they actually tried to push out my surgery from June to August. So, cause they were so confident that it was nothing. So they thought that my surgery wasn't as important or urgent as others. Thankfully, I don't know why, cause this, I'm usually very like, yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. Like if you say it's fine and it's fine, then I'll just wait. But for whatever reason, God, maybe it was a God thing. I was like, no. I want my surgery on June 23rd. I'm not having it pushed. I'm getting this out. I'm not living with this in my body for two months. I want to enjoy my summer. I got things to do. I want this out. So they were like, okay, then they have to, they ended up keeping it obviously. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah if they well, didn't, it would have spread for sure. I'm very, very glad that you were able to advocate for yourself. Like yes. in of all of those emotions. Yes. A lot of the question that I get, because I'm very like open about this on social media, um, I get messages a lot. And the biggest question is, my doctor told me it was nothing, but I'm not comfortable with that answer. And that's okay to be uncomfortable with it's nothing. If you want a biopsy, you demand that biopsy. They can't say no. You are your biggest advocate. No one else is going to advocate for you like you can cancer does not discriminate y'all heard (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first so when you found out that it was in fact um cancerous tumor what scared you the most oh so i was thinking about this question and uh honestly it sounds to me it sounds pathetic obviously in hindsight now no knowing what i went through but what scared me the most was losing my hair Because that was the only thing I knew for a fact was going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know all the side effects I was going to experience. I didn't know, like, how severe I was going to, my body was going to handle the chemo. So for me, the only thing I knew was hair loss. And being 23 years old, and my hair was long, and I highly identified with my hair. It was, I was scared. That is probably when she was talking to me about it um, and like uh, chemo, radiation, surgery. She was like, you will lose your hair. That was when I started crying. I didn't even start crying when she like told me that like it came back positive, but I started crying. And then my next thought was, am I going to die? But I didn't know how to ask her that without sounding so aggressive. Like, or I didn't want to sound dramatic so I asked her do I have time that's the only way I could have like that it came out and she's like oh yeah like your diagnosis is 100% treatable like we will get this blah 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 so when she said that I was like okay so let's go let's do this <laughs> what do I have to do when do I need to start but I struggled with my hair loss hard But once I shaved it, literally, like, my cousin came over and shaved it. Shout out to Ricky. And I had, like, my parents were there. A friend of mine came over. Tyler was there. And I was, like, FaceTiming my cousins. And at first, so he started shaving underneath first, just Mm -hmm. so it wasn't as, like, traumatic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he was shaving underneath. We're, like, laughing about it. He's pulling it out. I'm, like, holy crap. And, um... (laughs) Then as soon as he started shaving the top, 
I started sobbing because I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is, that's it. There's no, you literally can't go back from here. As soon as he finished shaving the top, that was it. I was like, okay, it's off. I cried. I mourned my hair. I can't keep doing that. Done. And now to this day, I want to shave my head again. Do you really? <laughs> yes. It was so dope. <laughs> and now that I look, know that I don't look like a complete like fool with my head <laughs> shaved, I want to shave. I miss my buzz. Yeah. You have a good shaped head. Like that was a look. I was worried. I mean, Tyler said he was worried too. He was like, I was scared. He's like, but you look fine. So, but it was, I had my moment. I cried it out. Once it was off, I'm like, I can't keep crying about it. It's gone. Yeah. I remember watching, I remember watching that video and I, mm. I also cried. I was <laughs> so many people said that they're like, um, I wasn't ready for this emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I was like, but, yeah, uh, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my point, my point exactly. I mean, I didn't make a point, but I think seeing that video, that was the first time that I stepped back. Like, I was forced to step back and process that, oh, this is something that is happening to you. Like, mm-hmm. you are probably going through a whole bunch of emotions that I wasn't even aware of. Because yeah. all I knew was, oh, Lindsay has breast cancer. She's getting treatment. And I didn't attach any affect. Like, I wasn't thinking about how it was affecting you emotionally until that video. That, like, so it, that totally makes sense. Because prior to me being diagnosed, I had seen, like, people go through treatment, hurt at people. And I just, because you're not close to the, I don't want to say close to the person, but, like. But, like, you're not around them all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's it's hard to understand as because it's just like you don't know until you you're there and you're going through it because cancer is just such an a complicated and intense thing that it's hard to wrap your mind around it. Like I was just so naive to all things cancer before this cuz why would I need to know? Like I didn't it just it, I, you, I know that you get cancer, you can go through chemo, sometimes you don't have to. Like my aunt had had it she was stage one so she just had a mastectomy she just had them removed that was it like she didn't do chemo she didn't need radiation because she wasn't as uh, far along in the stages but I didn't grasp that you do go through emotions (laughs) that you are affected mentally and emotionally more rather rather than just physically um and there's so many side effects that I didn't know about Mm. it makes sense because I, like I said, I was very naive too, just because I didn't know. And that's okay. And like, because a lot of people will say like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And I'm like, I know, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's People will ask me questions and I'm, then they'll like say, oh, I'm sorry. Is this like too much? Is this, I'm like, no, like I'm here to educate. I'm here to be an advocate. I'm here to say that 23 year olds and younger get breast cancer and I'm completely open to all questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find it out. No, you seem very um, open about the journey on like, mm-hmm. social media, Facebook, Instagram. Was there anything that you didn't want to share or like hesitated to share? Um, no, there, I think there was nothing I hesitated to share. Um, some certain side effects I didn't, wouldn't post about because they're like, 
they're just graphics that I'm just like, you don't need to know that. If somebody would reach out to me and ask me like what I'm experiencing, then I would be open with that person individually. But there was just some side effects that I'm just like, it didn't need it to be shared. But so I don't know if this is TMI, but Tyler and I were not sexually active prior to getting married. So I think that if that were the case, if we were, because I know a lot of women who like were sexually active when they were diagnosed, that completely changes you. So I think if it were anything that, not that I wouldn't share, but that I would probably like be very cautious of sharing would be my sex life. And not, not because it would be something to be ashamed of. Um, it just wasn't something that we were doing. It was something we chose. We're going to wait till marriage. But I think that it's such a touchy subject that it's, it's so taboo. It shouldn't be, especially when it comes to diagnosis like this, because women are going through it. So they should be open to talking about it and sharing and knowing that you're not alone. But I think I'd probably be a little more cautious with how I would share that if I were to share that. But just because it can be a touchy subject and you want to be careful with how you present it and stuff like that. So clarification what do you mean your sex life changed so sex life uh, a lot of women they so I was going through menopause so even if I was sexually active I would not want to have sex oh because yeah the so was not there. the sex drive the oh, your okay. sex appeal because your body's completely changing mm-hmm. um so from what I've seen from a lot of women um that have talked about it and if you get a mastectomy, so if you get your breasts removed and you get implants, like that really, like from speaking from an outside perspective, from what I've read, it really changes how you see your body and feel about it because you're literally taking off a piece of yourself that society has deemed feminine and that's what makes you a female. That's not cool. You don't need beautiful, huge boobs to be a woman. Like, and that you don't need long and you don't need long hair to be a, a beautiful, strong woman. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be bald. You could have a pixie cut. You could have long hair. Like, you could have it all. So I think a lot of women have lost their sex appeal because of how society has deemed their body parts. I see. That's kind of what affects your sex life is mm-hmm. your body's changing. You're going through a lot. Your sex drives down. It's just, it's a lot to go through. And that takes a toll on your relationship I mean if you're I hope y'all are with a guy that's like understanding I mean (laughs) I mean I don't see why not but um it's it's hard to go through your life completely changes Mm. when in every aspect and including your sex life I think now this is bringing me on a whole new topic never mind wait go ahead (laughs) I just so okay I I sex is not shameful it should be talked about my parents raised me like I, there's, I don't criticize my parents in the least with how they raised me, but they never said like sex is terrible, sex is like bad, whatever. It was a lot of people in the church that did that. So I just want to make sure that when I raise my daughter and son, but my specifically my daughter, sex is a beautiful thing between the man that you love. And I chose and Tyler chose to wait. I have no regrets about waiting. I'm happy I waited. I want that for my daughter, but I don't want her to feel guilty because when I got married, sex was like, I felt guilty doing it with my husband. Yeah. 
so it's just talk to your kids about sex i feel like i hear too many stories about like christian women who mm-hmm. um or any woman who goes into a relationship or like gets married without having sex beforehand mm-hmm. um just all the shame that the woman yes. specifically is feeling you know yes tyler did not care he was like this is great <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like oh my god i think i'm doing something wrong <laughs> But I know, like, I, in my head, I knew it was fine. Like, we, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm having a sleepover with a boy and everybody and their mother knows about it (laughs) and it's okay. (laughs) So I knew it was fine, but I just felt guilty. I didn't feel like, I I don't want to, I didn't feel like dirty. I didn't feel like shameful. I just felt Mm -hmm. like guilty about it. I did get over it. Like it took me like a couple months. It wasn't like crazy <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> I did get over y'all. I am over it. PSA. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> no guilt here y'all. <laughs> but I just, so just talking about that related to cancer made me just think about it <laughs> in life in general. So mm-hmm. let's talk about God. Hey. <laughs> In your entire breast cancer journey, like I know it's still ongoing for you forever. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing. That's not a funny thing. But like. No, no, no. It's because get, that is something that people also don't think about. Oh, so treatment's done. So you're cancer free. So it's over. It is not. Oh, like life after cancer for me was harder than life during. Because life during cancer was just about getting through it. Life after cancer, I have to now live with what I went through and find my new normal. The person I was before cancer is different than the person I am now, which I'm grateful for. And the person that I was during cancer, during cancer is different than the person that I am now. It's a, it's a new normal. Yeah. So how do you, God will come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> we always do. <laughs> how do you see yourself differently post-cancer? Like, how are you relating differently with yourself? Is there a, a different perspective of like self-worth or self-value? Like, are you paying more attention to your body? Things like that. Um, I'm definitely paying more attention to my body and the things that go on and taking care of my body better. Cause I mean, I wasn't like crazy unhealthy or like crazy. Like I wasn't anything wild, but like I wasn't taking care of my body. Like I should be, I have more love for my body because of the things it's gone through literally every inch like down to my feet like experienced a side effect so i i think it's i mean i've never had a child so i i could be wrong in saying this but <laughs> i think for pregnant women and any anybody who goes through anything traumatic with their body i feel or i would hope would have more love for their body and like just feel empowered because their body has gone through so much their body carried a child their body birthed a child their body fed a child like I feel like it just gives you a different perspective on your body and the things that it can do and that you might not have realized that it can withstand I thought my body was going to give out any day because I just couldn't like understand how it was experiencing all these things and not and still like functioning and working for me. <laughs> um, so I definitely take care of it. I appreciate my body. And I myself mentally have grown a lot stronger from this and spiritually um, because of the trauma that I experienced. I'm just 
sad now like happy sad why <laughs> i don't know because even even just listening or like watching so we're on zoom you guys <laughs> so just watching you explain that it felt like you were speaking from a different plane of existence like you were mm. looking at yourself from outside of yourself in a very loving and beautiful way like you had to you didn't have to but what you did was exercise such a large extent of strength to be able to like endure this in the first place <clears throat> and to like look at you and know that you're capable of that and clearly so much more it's just uh beautiful oh <laughs> now we'll circle back to god hey guys <laughs> <laughs> Are there any moments during this like entire breast cancer journey where you saw God the most or like felt like you didn't see him at all? I felt mostly like I didn't see him at all because I didn't understand why I was suffering so significantly um, with treatment. It was very dark, very, very dark. I had rarely had good days. I would cry before I would get out of bed most days. Um, I felt very lonely because I had to self-quarantine. I had no immune system, so I couldn't leave my house. I couldn't really have visitors. So it was just hard because I'm like, God, like, I'm in pain. Why aren't you taking this pain away? Like, I'm suffering. Why is it so bad? I Like, where are you? Why aren't you making me feel better? Why, like, don't I feel, like, comforted? I did have moments where I did, but they were very few and far between. It was very dark. I was very depressed. I knew he was there. I know God is there in the suffering, in the pain, in the darkness. Like, he, I know he didn't leave me alone, but I just, it was hard to feel him there. Um, but a verse that was, like, my favorite that I would read continuously, whether I felt him around me or not, was that Pastor Brian has been preaching a lot, too, recently, is First Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Um, so whether I felt him or not, like I have that verse because I'm just like, whether I know why I'm suffering or not, whether I find out tomorrow, whether I find out in year, a few years, whether I never find out, it's happening and I just need to accept it and move on from it and you use that to help others too there is a reason for suffering you just may not always know why and you need to be okay with that um i need to be okay with not understanding and not knowing that's very real and continually humbling in this lifetime mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i always say um or i don't always say i'm saying for the first time now i think <laughs> <laughs> accepting suffering in the same existence where you like know that there is a God who's in control of everything and like loves mm -hmm. you is the hardest thing because it's so counterintuitive to anything that you would learn mm -hmm. in the world <laughs> that yeah. um that someone who loves you would allow suffering on your behalf for your good or for someone's good for mm -hmm. the good of all whatever it's it's hard it's counterintuitive I still oftentimes don't get it like I don't get why anyone why like we would feel like we don't want to live or like yeah. why anyone would experience like so much physical turmoil in such a condensed time at such a young age yeah still not like 
what was it all for you know right right it's it's definitely something I struggled with like accepting and moving on from I was very angry a lot uh, at God Mm -hmm. but it's okay to be angry at God um it's okay to question that's how that's how faith is strengthened and built by questioning I don't know I don't know how to explain that but it's just that's what builds your faith and your trust and your strength in God because it's I think he says to challenge him because like he'll just approve yeah exactly so it's it's okay to feel those like it's okay like don't feel guilty for feeling that um because this is it's a relationship Mm-hmm. You get angry with your friends. You get angry with your spouse. You get angry. It's normal in a relationship to go through all those feelings. And that's what God wants you to have with him, a relationship. He doesn't want you to blindly follow him. He doesn't want you to just blindly accept and follow rules that he's given us because that's not that's that's not what he wants. That's not a relationship. That's a dictatorship, basically. <laughs> that's, he He knows who he is. He knows that he is God. He knows what he can do. And he's like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Whether that be because you questioned me that because you were angry with me. He's like, you'll, you'll figure it out because it's life and you're getting through life and you're, I know what's going to happen. You don't, mm-hmm. you're figuring that out. So I think that's, it's totally okay to feel all those feelings. And um, I did, I felt every feeling, anger, frustration, hate sadness weakness sometimes strength not often but sometimes (laughs) and it's it's life and it's please feel all the feels because don't hide like don't keep anything in because then you'll just take it out on the wrong people or you'll hold on to it and it'll just manifest in you and just it's not it's ugly I've had people reach out to me on Instagram that we've never met no idea and they just want to like talk and just say this is what I'm going through I don't know anybody else who can relate I just need to talk to somebody who can relate or who can just listen and not and have an outside perspective and not have any opinions at all so that's why I like therapy therapy (laughs) I did go to therapy um I want to start going to therapy again it just got a little pricey um Not even, it wasn't even like that crazy expensive, but it was just, I, I wanted to go we- more weekly. I wanted to go more than we could, I could at the time. Um, but I definitely want to go back. I think you should go at least like once a month or once every couple months, whether you feel like you have problems or not, whether you feel like you're going through something or not, you do, <laughs> you do, you have things going on in your head that sometimes you don't even like realize you're struggling with things that happened six, seven years ago that have affected you today that you haven't dealt with, but you don't realize you haven't dealt with. So like go to therapy, whether you think you have problems or not, it's good for you. I go to, I, well, the woman I was going to is a Christian therapist. Um, that I just felt for me, that was important to go through a faith based therapist, but yeah, just do it. Therapy's good. Have you and Tyler ever gone together? Um, we haven't gone to my therapist together. Uh, we did go to Pastor Brad prior to getting um, engaged. We did like a, not, it wasn't even like a class. It was literally just us going to his office and just like talking and him asking us questions because we wanted him to marry us. And um, he was like, okay, I, then this is what I want to do with you guys prior. He's like, I want to feel comfortable and confident that my, me marrying you guys is what 
I am comfortable doing. I don't, I don't know how to explain it without sounding like he needs to approve of us. Cause that's not, I I, yeah. Okay. So you're saying, yeah, that's not right. Cause that's not it. Like <laughs> I know pastor Brian loves us cause he's our pastor. He's we've known him for a while. Like he's a great, like he's great. It was, so I don't want it to sound like our pastor has to approve of our relationship, but like, <laughs> no, no, no. But if, if you guys, if you guys know pastor Brian, he takes marriage very, very seriously. Yes. So marrying yes. someone is a really important responsibility for him. So Yes. So if he's going to be joining us in that and leading us in that, he wants to feel confident that like, this is right. Mm-hmm. So he gave you the space to explore that relationship healthily. And yes. Make sure that so he would, he would ask us questions. He would uh, see it like he would like to, he would see where we were at with certain situations and like our views. And even if we didn't agree, he would give us like advice on how to come to that. Um, we still reach out to him. I think there are situations where you will not be able to come to a middle ground by yourselves. Mm-hmm. I think couples counseling is super helpful too. We don't do it regularly, but we know when we need to like get somebody involved. So it's, it's okay to admit you need help. It's okay. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you actually, I think, stronger because you're like, I can't do it on my own. I need help. We talked about um, mental health the last time we met as a group. Mm-hmm. And as Dan so beautifully put, <laughs> God cares about us holistically because he created us holistically, physical, mm-hmm. spiritual, mental, mm-hmm. all of that. So, Yeah. I struggled with my mental health significantly, even post-cancer, more post-cancer than during. I was very in a very dark space, um, especially too in the first year of our marriage, because my life, once I was diagnosed, didn't slow down. So I was diagnosed, went through treatment, finished all my treatment in February of 2018. We got engaged a month after I was diagnosed. So I was planning a wedding during through treatment right when I finished uh, my active treatment I'd had took a week which I feel like was not long enough I should have gone on a vacation Um, I took a week and then I went right back to work full-time 40 hours like nothing because I was just so like gotta get back to my life so I jumped back into work full-time right away planning a wedding buying a house we bought a house in 2018 right before we got married so I was doing all this juggling of life at once. And so our first year, it was just so much change happening constantly. It never, I never had time to like really sit and process what I had been through. So I ended up bringing it and carrying it with me through everything I did. So I really struggled after cancer. And then up in 2018, we got married September, moved into a house, started renovating this house (laughs) and learning how to live together because we didn't live together prior. So we're learning how each other functions in a space and learning how to share the space with somebody other than our family. And like literally just so much, so much change (laughs) that I was in a very, very dark space the first year in our marriage. And it took a big toll on us the first six months. And then, so that's when I started doing therapy. It significantly helped. So Lynn, let's talk about your community and like the people that you had around you during the treatment and now like post-cancer. Is there anything that you wish you received more from anyone? Or like, what were your favorite parts of the people around you? Were the people you didn't want to be around, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, During chemo, I didn't really want to be around anybody. 
because I just felt like crap all the time. But my mom was my primary caretaker because uh, I was still living with my parents. So really everybody's lives around me stayed the same except for hers and mine. And I, it's kind of Tyler's because um, like he still went to work every day. He would just come over, visit, whatever. And I know like he went through a lot um, emotionally through all this too. Uh, but there was really no one I didn't want to be around specifically. It was just I didn't want to be around people in general. But I wanted my mom there all the time. <laughs> and I said this before, like, that was a struggle too, moving out. When I got sick for the first time, I'm like, I just want my mom. <laughs> but but that's because she just, she literally, like, this caretaking was so different because I was an adult. Like I was 23. Mm. I'm not a child that like needs to be like, if I'm sick, throwing up at home, nor like normal, not going through treatment as a 23 year old, my mom can leave me at home because I can handle myself. <laughs> like yeah. I'll throw up and I'll go to bed. Whereas a child, you need to be there and watch them. So I was basically, I was a child again because she couldn't leave me alone. Because I couldn't handle myself. I Sometimes I could barely walk. Some days I could barely walk. I couldn't really make food for myself. There were certain, a lot of things I couldn't eat because of like my sensitivity to spices and whatever. So like she literally had to like do everything for me. And she did a lot of things that even as a child, I don't think she did for me because it was so like extreme. And she had to watch me go through all this. And really there was not much she can do other than like, get me water, make me food, sit there with me. So I think that gave us like a, a different bond. One that was harder to break. She probably doesn't even know this. <laughs> One that was harder to break for me when I moved out. Yeah, I would imagine. Cause even I feel like last week, <laughs> last week I was just having a hard week. That's it. And I yeah. was like, I want my mommy. And I never, yeah. I never say that. So I can't even imagine that I need my mommy sentiment and then not having it at all. And then mm. like moving into a whole new phase of your life in a whole new place. And I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want Tyler to feel bad mm. that like, or that he wasn't enough for me because like he is, I married him. I want him to be there, mm. but it was just such an one extreme to the other that like literally the first time I got sick and I had a fever one I had PTSD from when I would get sick and have fevers mm -hmm. um so that was a wild experience and two I was like I love you Tyler but like I just want my mom to be here and like I would I did end up like telling him that because I felt guilty not telling him but um he was like well what does she what would she be doing right now and I'm like exactly what you're doing you're just not my mom so it was just that it was just hard like obviously now after being out for a couple years and going through life by myself and with Tyler it's not as extreme of course I want my mom still every once in a while but it's not as like paralyzing but yeah um community I found a whole new one on social media. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was like, I feel like there's something that we need to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I found a whole, yo, social, the power of social media is incredible <laughs> because it just shows you, you are literally not alone. Mm. Like there were people younger than me that were diagnosed with breast cancer, 18, 22, like it just really puts things into perspective and it makes you feel good that you're not alone. I mean, 
it sucks that so many young people are going through this, but it's good to know that you have a community and there are people that you can talk to that aren't your family or aren't your friends that know what you're going through. So I have a lot, we call each other breasties. (laughs) I have a lot of breasties that like went through more than I did or like can put really put things into perspective for me. Mm -hmm. or say things that I didn't even like think about or relate to. And I'm like, Oh, that makes total sense. Or like, so I built a big community on social media. And from this, I was given a lot of awesome opportunities actually right now. I mean, the, the people can't see, but these leggings workout (laughs) leggings that I'm wearing are new balance leggings that were given to me by um, a friend of mine. I call her friend. I love her. Shout out to Lisa. Um, that they had a breast cancer, uh, workout line. They used to be partnered with Susan G. Komen and I was given the opportunity to go to the New Balance headquarters. And I did like a video with a few other breasties, like young girls that went through this. Um, and like that was posted on their website. I was featured on their website, modeling their clothes. Like, yeah, (laughs) I was just, I've been given so many like opportunities so many good things have come from this to speak out and just be like raise awareness for young women um, that I'm just really thankful for. And I hope that doesn't stop because I always want to talk about it and I always want to make people aware and keep the conversation open. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of good has come from it, but it's also weird because like when I've told people the opportunities, they're like, oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, so I probably, if I had to do it over again, wouldn't choose cancer just to get this opportunity. So yes, I'm blessed. I wouldn't say lucky (laughs) just because of what I had to go through to get here. But um, I'm definitely grateful for the opportunities I've been given because I've gone through this. It's I I know I know what they mean and I know like they don't mean anything harm or negative by it. It's just funny. It's funny to me. Just like that saying, this saying I hate. God gives his hardest battles to his strongest warriors. Hi, that's baloney. Um <laughs> that is a thousand percent taken out of context. <laughs> that's not a thing. So don't say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know that there are people out there who when they hear that that makes them feel better so I don't want to take that away from you <laughs> but like that's infuriating to me like I know you mean the person saying it I know you mean well I'm, I'm I appreciate your kind words and you trying to make me feel better but like God did not give me cancer Okay. God did not give me cancer. He did not say, you know what? I have a cancer card and I got to give it to someone. So Lindsay's pretty strong. Let me just give that to her. No, that's not how it works. Life happens. God can give and take away. Yes, he can. He can do whatever the heck he wants. He is God, but he lets it happen because obviously he knew that he could take my cancer away. I know that he could take it away, Mm -hmm. which is why sometimes I struggle with why don't you, Mm -hmm. but their God's plan is so much bigger than we can even like comprehend. Mm -hmm. So like I said before, it's, I may never understand why he just let it happen and let 
I needed to experience, not I needed, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what? Maybe this is one of those moments that God's like, I'm teaching you to get over you needing closure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe I've cracked the code, but I don't know. <laughs> like you're not always going to get closure to, in order to move on. So, but yeah, <laughs> I just have really strong feelings about that statement. Like very strong. I could probably do a whole podcast on that statement. That's, I was going to say, this should have been the theme of the episode. A whole podcast episode on God gives his strongest, or his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. Um, bye. <laughs> Any parting words? Any last things you want to let everybody know? <laughs> um, communication is key in relationships. Uh, if I wasn't open and honest with Tyler with how I was feeling, um, it probably would have gone way worse. But I was very open and communi- communi- and I can't even say the word. I was very open in communication with him about everything I was feeling. <laughs> um, and I just think that's so important uh, through everything. So I think that's it. All right. So this has been an hour and a half with Lindsay McAvey. Hey. <laughs> I said it correctly this time but yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you for talking with me very excited to post this very excited thank to hear thank you for having me it. yeah of course. yeah thank you for having me and giving always keeping an open space I'm just feeling comfortable oh, I appreciate it I'm glad I could <laughs> yeah all right um we'll see you guys later bye everyone <laughs>